Hello, I'm Tej. Happy to be hosting Chazuba Talks, a podcast dedicated to sharing wonderful stories of hope, determination against odds, and the will to do something for the planet. CCPC, the Christian Center of Park City, is a humanitarian community resource center that helps improve the lives of people and communities through meeting immediate and basic needs focusing primarily on the population centers of Summit and Wasatch counties. CCPC serves all people, regardless of race, religion, nationality, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or gender. Rob, the executive director of CPCC, is a professional with over 29 years of experience in leading and building nonprofit organizations. He is known as an inspirational leader with contagious energy and entrepreneurial spirit. He is a sought-after speaker and seminar facilitator, and he founded and hosts the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. Rob is a member of and contributor for the Forbes Nonprofit Council. He was invited to be part of Harvard Business School's Young American Leaders Program in 2021 and serves on the Utah Advisory Committee for the U.S. Global Leadership Coalition. Rob was also recognized as a hometown hero by Salt Lake Magazine. And since 2010, Rob has served as the executive director of CCPC. Welcome, Rob. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am so honored to have you on the podcast. You bet. No, you... thank you so much for reaching out. I, as you know, I, I have my own podcast, as you mentioned, and love being on podcasts, love supporting podcasts. And thanks for all you're doing to provide this. Lovely. Thank you. So tell us about the mission and the goal of CCPC. Yeah, as you read, you know, our whole goal is we kind of wrap it up in our motto. Our motto is this, to meet people at their point of need as an expression of God's love. So we believe, number one, there's a lot of needs out there. And we realize we can't meet every single one of their needs, but our goal is to meet them right at their point of need in order to help them, whether we can provide them food, clothes, or counseling, which we do have here, or help them get networked to other community resources. So we see our job is to determine what are your needs. Let's help figure out what we have right here, since we do have a lot of holistic wraparound services at our two campuses. But we realize there's sometimes we can't meet all of your needs, so let's help you figure out how to navigate mm -hmm. to meet the rest of your needs. So that's really what mm -hmm. drives us. And as you mentioned, we've I've been here for 13 years. The organization's been going for 23 years, and it just has grown and grown over the years. And, and now we're able to reach the entire state at different uh, pockets of the state of Utah in the United States. Lovely. How, how do you decide, how do you allocate the funds and the resources to a particular uh, area to ensure that there's maximum impact? That's a great question. So I think number one is we don't want to ever reinvent the wheel. Or in other words, so for example, we don't provide health res medical resources. There's another great nonprofit called People's Health Clinic Care Locally. Plus we have a wonderful hospital. We have a good working relationship with both of them. So as people come here, now they may need food, they may need clothes, they need, may need rent assistance or help with a water bill or uh, you know, a mortgage payment. But if they need medical help, 
we don't try to reinvent the wheel. So we don't, we want to utilize those resources that someone else is doing. So we'll maximize Mm -hmm. what we've been given and what we have and then help them connect with other resources. So to me, that's really by working together, by really collaborating with other nonprofits and the city government and the county government. And then of course, with the for-profit sector, we feel like we maximize the resources in that way so that we can extend as much as we can to as many people as we can. Wonderful. Uh, you also cater and support uh, Native American communities, uh, if I read right. Yes, yes. Good. Yes, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so we, so, the primary group right now that we serve um, is the Goshu Community Tribe, uh, which is in western Utah uh, for those in the United States. But also we work with the Navajo Nation, which actually turns out to be the largest indigenous Native American tribe here in the United States. So we've done a lot of different things, again, primarily with the Goshu Tribe. We've provided a community garden. We've given computers for their kids. We've um, given them recreation and educational opportunities. In fact, just recently, we live in Park City, where we're based, and there's a lot of skiing opportunities nearby. So we took Mm -hmm. a big group of people that wanted to learn how to ski. So we covered all the expense. We helped them find a place to stay, and we were able to provide them with that opportunity, which, you know, really is such a different, unique experience than what they normally have um, at their home. So, um, in fact, it was interesting. We did a quick interview just to to celebrate. It was so fun because a lot of them, their first, second, or at most their third time skiing or snowboarding and we asked them you know where else have you gone and this is the only time they get to go there's no other time so if it wasn't for our outreach program they wouldn't be able to do this they wouldn't be able to afford it navigate through yeah what that looks like so that's just one example of many that we get to do And, and our goal again is what are the needs that no one else is meeting let's try to provide the resources we have or bring more resources that are from the community to meet those needs correct and then obviously there is some kind of traditional Native American knowledge also. So do you incorporate that and practice it uh, in your work? Um, sorry, that's so my understanding. So there's Native American knowledge that they're providing as we do go through Do they have this. any traditional uh, knowledge that uh, you, know, you incorporate and use uh, as part of your uh, practices? Yeah, that's a, well, that's a great question. What I would say to answer that is we feel like, yeah, we're... Um, not necessarily just saying, hey, we want to bring all these things to you. We wanted to ask them, what are the needs that you feel like you need that you need someone else outside the organization, outside of your tribe to be able to come and provide? But we always ask them, what are your needs first? Um, because they have a lot of things. They, they have traditions. They have a lot of experience. They have a lot of expertise that we certainly don't have. Um, so that's what we always, um, before we do a project, we run it by their elders. Uh, they have a, a great elder group um, and mm-hmm. they meet once a month. And so whenever we provide again these ser- services and opportunities, we always bring it up to them and say, you tell us what you need help with. Maybe we can go get some resources uh, that you don't have. So here's one example. Uh, they had all this metal that was um, a combination of things that were dumped, things that just they couldn't get rid of. They couldn't pull like cars, uh, parts of cars, um, you, um, refrigerators, uh, just a bunch of like old metal that was building and building. There was this big trash pile and they couldn't, there was just so much of it. They didn't have the resources to get it off the reservation. Um, the problem became that where all this metal has been, it's been for years now, it was beginning to leach into the ground and their, one of their main water sources was not that far away, I think less than two miles away. And then they begin to worry, 
this is going to get into our water system. So we were able to, then they came to us and said, could we, could you help us get this metal off the reservation? So we gathered our resources, we made connections, we hired a bunch of trucks. We literally got a front loader and, and pulled all of that metal out in a weekend and literally removed the entire spot, recycled as much as we could and got rid of all of it, basically pulled it off the reservation and you know, basically preserved their water source. So that was a great example where they asked us, they just didn't have the resources at the time. So we came alongside them trying to meet a need that they wanted based on their history and water obviously is so important to them and their land's very sacred to them. And so by getting rid of this, you know, pile of metal that was really spoiling the land really uh, was a huge gift to them. And and we did it with them though. They joined us in the effort and it was a wonderful weekend. Yeah. So lovely. I mean, great to see that you include them in the planning and the implementation of programs and, of course, taking them into consideration. That's wonderful. Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employees' experience at your organization or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision, a vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, Experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with non-profit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. Visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. Uh, Tell us about your uh, educational outreach programs. Do you have any of uh, those in place where you're maybe the underserved community or uh, youth regarding mental health or any other issues that they may be facing? Well, that is a great question, and I'm so glad you asked it. Um, our counseling center, we, it's our counseling and wellness center. It's our fastest growing program, actually. Um, during COVID uh, in 2020, right, when that really broke out to, across the world, of course, um, that became uh, one of the biggest issues. Besides our food pantry, where we just needed to get people food that needed food because they were out of a job, right? And number two, a lot of people couldn't afford their rent or their mortgage, and they were afraid they would be evicted and become homeless. So we provided rent assistance, mortgage assistance, things like that. But then the third thing that has become the biggest need I'd say since has been the mental health need from anxiety to depression, to you name it, just all kinds of different mental health issues that have popped up. We're on mental health center now. We have grown, we have 17 uh, full-time or um, 17 staff members, I should say, serving our counseling wellness center in order to meet these needs that are growing and growing. In fact, we're still looking to hire more because there's so many needs. There's doesn't take much for us to get filled because so many people want to see our counselors. We're beginning to, you know, have waiting lists because there's such a need. So one of the things to your point was not only do we provide actual counseling services with a certified licensed therapists and counselors that have different specializations, 
We've also provided education opportunities. So for example, the last two that we've done is a parenting seminar that we provided for the entire community. And then we also provided this uh, seminar on menopause. That was something that a lot of people have questions in individual counseling sessions. And we decided let's provide a larger seminar. It was on Zoom and you could do it live. Uh, and it was just a wonderfully received seminar because there were so many questions. And sometimes even people are a bit embarrassed to ask questions. Yes, we we wanted to kind of mitigate that embarrassment and say, nothing to be embarrassed about. Let's talk about it. Here are the things. And we brought in uh, an expert plus two of our counselors that are on staff to provide that seminar. And that was a wonderful educational opportunity for the community. So I could go on, but those are just a couple of examples mm -hmm. of what we provide for this community. That is the need of the hour, actually. And doing that is the most, the biggest service, I would say, uh, in today's times. Uh, when you talk, uh, right. So when um, we, we have a lot of these um, challenges, right? So what is your biggest challenge? That is a great question. Uh, I would say if you boil it down, I would say two things. Number one, resources, meaning a nonprofit, as you know, you've had a lot of nonprofit leaders on the show or NGOs, you always are dependent on people supporting you. So there's always a financial need to support these amazing services that we provide. Well, what's interesting, I'm sure it's the same case in India, any country for that matter, when the needs go up is typically when the economic problems of a country are going down, right? Well, the problem with that is, so we have a food pantry where we help people with rent assistance, as I mentioned, mental health. Well, as the pressures of the economy go up, the inflation goes up, well, people have less money to give to nonprofits. But that's exactly the time where the community needs more of our support and our services. So it's a little bit of a catch-22, as we say, where we need more services, but we typically have less money. So that's an, always an ongoing challenge. I think right now in the United States, because of the inflation and all these other issues going on, uh, that's a tough, uh, the trends right now for nonprofits across the country, in the United States anyway, uh, giving is going down. So COVID, you saw a big spike in 2020 and in 2021, a little bit in 2022 started going down. Uh, last quarter of the calendar year and first quarter of this year, giving is definitely going down to nonprofits. And so that's going to be an ongoing challenge, I think, mm -hmm. uh, moving forward. And then the second thing I would just would say are the needs are just sometimes overwhelming. Uh, we have people that come to us with huge needs for rent. Maybe they had a major medical bill. They weren't expecting uh, a health issue with one of their children. And it's way beyond what we can even afford to help them with or a mental health need where they, we need so many people to come in. We have a waiting list and they can't get in right away. We do the best we can to prioritize emergency situations, but even that right. it's difficult. And so I think those two things are the probably the biggest challenges that we face. Right. What about the volunteers? Do you require volunteers on a daily basis? We do. That's something I think it's such a heartbeat of what we do. So we really rely on our volunteers. We have great volunteers. It's ironic you asked that this week. We're actually having a whole week of we're honoring volunteers and thanking them. We're finding food and special little snacks and uh, different ways to thank them throughout the week because we really couldn't function, honestly, and provide all these services if it wasn't for our volunteers. So that is a big value for us. And it is really interesting in the state of Utah, where I live, um, it's always in the United States anyway, it leads the country and the number and percentage of volunteers that give back. And so we're really lucky that we have such a great community that loves to volunteer and give back. Right. I did uh, look up your website and uh, I found it very informative. But in terms of virtual volunteering, would you require any? In that case, there is Chizuba, of course. 
Oh, yeah, virtual. Oh, well, you know, that's a good question. You know, maybe things like our digital um, information, our website, our social media, we, we definitely would be open to, to anything you could help with that because that's obviously you could do that remotely. Um, always up to that. So, yeah, certainly we could talk about that maybe after the interview. Yeah, sure. Wonderful. Would you like to share anything else, Dr. Rob? Well, just thank you for giving me an opportunity to talk a little bit about the nonprofit. I'm super passionate about this organization. I feel lucky to be able to be the CEO of this organization. We have a great board. We have a great staff and a great team. Um, so thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk a bit about it today. Wonderful. I can see the positivity, uh, you know, flowing out from you. And I can see the passion that you are doing this work with. I wish you luck and I wish you continued success in what you are doing. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. 